another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle Evans, of course, and this week, this month, we are reviewing the book Arriving Today, From Factory to Front Door, Why Everything Has Changed About How and What We Buy by Christopher Mims. So I heard about Arriving Today on another podcast and knew I had to add it to the list of books to read and discuss. The supply chain was a huge theme in 2021 and continues to be a huge theme now that we're in 2022 and probably will continue to be a theme going forward for the indefinite future. But how much do we understand about it? How do items we order make it from the factory to our front porch? And what about all the people and technology involved in that process? So Christopher Mims asked those questions and extensively covered the process in the book. So let's dive in to what it's about and what we can learn. From a high-level overview, fast delivery of our online orders has become the expectation. If we see shipping that takes longer than a few days, it feels like a huge inconvenience. I know I feel that way, and many of you probably feel the same. We've grown accustomed to getting the things we want on demand, which may seem simple, but it is the culmination of the greatest innovations of our time. Of course, not all of this is positive. As Arriving Today points out, we've turned our world into a factory, and we're all workers in that factory, which can be a depressing thought, since factory work isn't always that great. But understanding how things get to us matters as much as how those things are made, which is the key point of the book. The process starts with items leaving factories, most of which are, of course, in East Asia. Items are loaded into large shipping containers and then loaded into ships. And once they've reached their destination, they're unloaded at the docks and then moved to trucks. Items are transported by truck across the country, speaking specifically of the U.S., to distribution centers. Then they are separated and sent on to fulfillment centers, which are where they are available to order. Once an item has been ordered, it's packaged and sent on to a sortation center, which will either have delivery stations or send it on to a delivery station where it will get into the right truck or car for delivery to our homes. So that is the high-level overview of this whole process. All along the way, there are vast amounts of technology, automation, and human interaction, and it keeps getting more complex and often worse for the people involved in it. So what can we learn from this whole process and from this book? So I took away three key lessons that I want to discuss here. And of course, there are more and many more things to talk about, which is why you'll have to pick up the book if you find this interesting like I did. So number one, automation is growing. From beginning to end, parts of the transportation process are automated and are growing more automated all the time, which is super fascinating. Ships have had autopilot since the days of the Titanic, though there are still many parts of the ship that require humans. Uh, Ports are becoming more automated as well. Humans still operate ship-to-shore cranes since there are too many variables to automate at this point. And 97% of shipyards aren't automated, but automation in shipyards is growing with robots transporting and moving containers constantly in order to have them ready for truckers, which is probably going to be a trend that we see more and more of uh, automating a, a lot of this port work and a lot of the work that traditionally has been done by humans, but is much better for 
robots who can be constantly working at it and can find the right way to prioritize each of these shipping containers. So trucks are also in the early stages of self-driving automation with the potential to see real self-driving trucks in the coming years, which is really exciting and really interesting. Uh, And the book, of course, dives into a lot of what is going on in automation and trucking. And factories are, are growing more and more automated. There are certain tasks that humans are better at and will be better at for the foreseeable future, like grabbing items out of bins. But many other parts of the warehouse are becoming automated, like robots transporting items and highlighting locations where those items are. And eventually, we may even see automated delivery. I know I've been waiting for drones to deliver packages for a long time, but there are small delivery robots that are already working across college campuses and office parks, making food deliveries and small item deliveries. All of this is to say that as our demand for stuff grows and our desire to have those things quickly also grows, we will continue to turn to automation and robots. We can expect humans to be slowly replaced in factories and in transportation, but we'll continue to need more people at different points in the process, uh, creating the robots and the algorithms that drive the automation and you know, doing the things that are uniquely human that robots simply can't do, which is the process that we've seen so far as more and more has become automated. There are parts that are really, really difficult to automate away or new parts that humans come into more than robots or automation. Even as automation has grown, Amazon has hired tens of thousands of new workers to keep up. So where will the work of tomorrow be? Certainly in the technology, but probably in other places as well as we demand more and more. So that is the one of the first big takeaways is automation growing significantly. The second, incentive and focus matter. It probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Incentives matter. People all along the supply chain continue to get squeezed. Every trucking company has an incentive for speed. And often that comes at the expense of their drivers who are pushed to the limit to get the shipments to warehouses on time. Every online retailer has an incentive for speed. And that often pushes factory workers to the limit to pull and package items faster to keep up with their robot counterparts. And it's the same story for delivery drivers who are expected to make all their deliveries on time and sometimes may hurt themselves and others trying to achieve that. You know, I have praised Amazon several times for their way of working and innovation. You can find that in uh, links to other uh, podcasts and other newsletters that I've written uh, that I have linked in this week's newsletter. But they rightly deserve criticism here for the lack of focus on employees in warehouses and delivery. The focus on the customer is great, but shouldn't come at the expense of people doing the work in fulfillment centers and delivery vans. When the sole focus is on getting an item to a customer in a day, the incentives can become misaligned for everyone. If we only measure based on delivery speed, we could hurt everyone along the way who has to make that happen or who may just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, you know, I certainly love the the same day delivery or next day delivery and getting items very, very quickly, but we have to do it in a way that doesn't hurt people all along the chain. We can see this with any metric or incentive. If we only care about new users in our apps, we may make choices that optimize for new users while abandoning existing users, which can cause significant churn. 
So we have to create the right focus and incentives along the whole path, not just for a single part. The lesson for all of us creating products and hopefully one of the key lessons that we can take away from arriving today and our supply chain and the process of getting packages to our doors. So that was number two. Number three, the long-term view. As we try to keep up with demand and get packages to our doors faster and faster, what will the future look like? That's an open question at this point. Amazon and other retailers seem to be fine with high turnover in their warehouses, relatively unconcerned with the long-term physical and psychological effects the work has on people. And that's hundreds of thousands of our fellow humans. We should care because taking productive people and running them into the ground after a few years is bad for society. It's bad for those individuals. It's bad for all of us, as the book points out in many instances. And of course, it's just simply the right thing to do to care about other people. And what about the technology? It's difficult to say where all the technology will take us, from our algorithms to our robots to new technology we don't even know yet. But we should think long-term about the effects all this will have and what we can do to prepare. You know, I'm generally optimistic about innovation and new technology, since ultimately technology is an amoral tool and we get to decide how to use it. But we have to decide well. We can continue to use robots and algorithms to drive efficiency, but it has to be for the welfare of those of us ordering the packages and those people all along the way who make it happen. So those are the three key takeaways for me. Uh, Automation, incentives, and the long-term perspective. Wrapping this up, arriving today is an excellent deep dive into our supply chain. Getting items from factories to our door is massively complex, and understanding the process feels like it's only going to get more important for all of us in some way or another. If I did have a criticism, it would be that the book dives into extensive detail about some tangential topics, which are quite interesting, especially if you haven't read about them before, like Taylorism, components in computers, things like that. But it feels like it misses the big picture in some areas, like warehouses. I still found myself confused about what was happening at each warehouse from distribution to fulfillment to sorting and had to do some additional research just to clarify the high-level process. So a little bit of the forest for the trees in some of these areas. But overall, I think it's a must-read for anyone who orders stuff online and is interested in how automation and technology will contribute to our lives in the future, which I'm assuming is all of us. That is this week's newsletter, the book review for arriving today. Of course, I have all of those links in the newsletter, which you can find in the show notes or at productthinking.cc. Also have some other good links in the newsletter. Um, An article from the next web, what AI could be like when you plug a computer into your brain. Really interesting sci-fi stuff here. And I'm intrigued and scared, but that's Part of what makes it so fascinating, Uh, to quote from this article, creating artificial intelligence by combining fundamentally different elements, biological tissue, and an electronic system, we will be able to achieve the maximum effect of emergence, meaning the birth of new properties that are not inherent in the combined elements separately. Biotechnological symbiosis will have properties unattainable for a biological brain and a computer system separately. So check out that link. Interesting stuff uh, to read about and to think about. Uh, Next up, 
the subversive genius of extremely slow email, an article from The Atlantic. I freaking love this. Make email resemble actual postal mail. Slow it down and get enough headspace that you can do meaningful work without so many interruptions. Honestly, it's how I generally choose to communicate anyway, batching my communications into uh, parts of the day all at once, but I really like this structure. So if you're not familiar with this uh, pony mail, uh, quoting from the article, you compose a message and put it in an outbox. Once a day, you can choose morning, afternoon, or evening pickups. Pony picks up your outbound dispatches and delivers your inbounds. That's it. It's postal service cosplay. It's slow email. I just, I love that. Uh, That's how I wish all of our communication could be just batched so that you were addressing it at a given time and everybody else was doing something similar. So you could just plan on that being somewhat of the norm. Again, it's pretty much what I do anyway, you know, checking my email uh, once or twice and then going and responding to everything at, you know, at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, whichever it is. All right, last up, Building Better Products by Learning from Successes and Failures, a conversation with Ed Vincent. Uh, this is a podcast on my other podcast, Product by Design, uh, where I got to talk with Ed Vincent. So as a longtime entrepreneur, Ed has built a number of companies and businesses and seen what works and what doesn't. Learning from his time at MoviePass, along with his experience in software and live events, Ed has launched Festival Pass a festival subscription service for live events. So we dove into lessons learned, using data, the power of discovery, the creator economy, what the future might bring, a whole host of topics, which were super fascinating. So check that out. The link, of course, in this week's newsletter. Again, you can find that at productthinking.cc. I am Kyle Evans, of course, and you can follow me on social media at Kyle Larry Evans. Again, link in the show notes, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. <laughs>